Welcome to Camera Ready and Able, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara Barna Able, and my calling is to help you tap into your superpowers to thrive on camera and in life, and to make an impact on the world. This episode is brought to you by the phrase, amplify your expertise. So your expertise is your knowledge and skill in a particular area. To amplify your expertise is to put methods in place to reach a wider audience. And when you reach a wider audience, you can both grow your audience and deepen your impact on the world. Here to discuss is Laura Fravel, who is an executive communications and leadership coach who also spent 20 years in the media trenches as a story producer, including 15 years at National Geographic. She is on a mission to help executives and entrepreneurs spread their brilliance like wildfire. I couldn't agree more. I love everything about your bio, Laura, and I'm thrilled to meet you. So welcome. Thank you, and I'm super excited to be here. Everything you say, impact and spreading people's expertise. That's, ah, yes, right up my alley as well. I'm so with you. And just as an example of the magic of all of this and the sharing of ideas is we met on LinkedIn, which I just think is fantastic. I know it's, I've found it a great connecting community, a great way to connect with people. I absolutely agree. So I want to just start by asking you, why is it important for any of us to amplify our expertise? Oh gosh, why is it not? <laughs> I I really think at the core of it, if we do not put our expertise, our value, even our purpose out into the world, we don't get the work, the clients, the opportunities that are truly going to, you know, one fulfill us and two that will, you know, allow us to make a living as well. So I think it's a combination. It's, you know, Putting yourself out into the world is really what you put out is what you're going to get back. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've seen so many clients and people I've worked with who are frustrated that they're either not getting the, you know, the, the clients or the opportunities that they want or enough, or they're getting the wrong type of client. They're just not resonating with them. And I think that has a lot to do with what you're putting out into the world and is Uh-oh. it truly authentic and aligning with your purpose and your unique value? Okay. We're, I want to circle back to that because that's really important, but that, that gets deeper in the conversation. First, I just want to talk about the notion of what is expertise? I mean, I gave a really blanket definition, but why it matters, especially in the world where we're talking about executives and small businesses, and also in the, terms of the audience for my podcast, because that's all of us putting out our expertise to you know in our niches and our brands, right? right? And what we're amplifying. So what is expertise? To me, your expertise is not only the the knowledge and experience you've had in whatever industry you've worked in, but it's also your perspective. Uh, I think that is more and more what people want to hear from you. You know, you don't, you don't go to a, you know, say orthopedic doctor and them have be like, well, what do you think? You want to hear their expertise, what they think from their knowledge and years of experience working in that field. And I think that's what expertise is. It's, it's your experience, your knowledge, and your perspective. Okay. I love that. And wait, and just to that point, because I just had recent experience with an orthopedic surgeon that went extremely well. (laughs) Um, I have to say in, in a contemporary world, not only do 
I care about your expertise and the actual information that you're sharing with me. But, um, and this relates to what you and I both do for a living. I care how you deliver that information to me. And that is another way of amplifying expertise. And so in in my case, I I guess I'm just going to give a shout out to the incredible Dr. Jason O at Lenox Hill Hospital, because he's an amazing leader. And that's one of the things I picked up on right away. Because not only is, you know, whatever, he's got all those five stars online, but I was so impressed with his staff and that how he was amplifying his expertise was across the board, right? So it's like every single person who works with him on his team, the surgical team and the office team was like A++++, the way they communicated with me, the way they treated with me, the language, I meant like how explicit and clear and easy to understand all of it. And so that's actually an example of what you're talking about that in ways that you don't even think about, like, it wasn't only what he was saying, it was like how he was saying it, how it was delivered. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful example. Yeah. Cause I think it's leadership when you, part of your expertise is your leadership style and a sign of a great leader is one who has happy people under him and supporting him or her. So yeah, that's like a thousand percent. So okay, now uh, before we circle back to what we attract, how does your gift as a storyteller and as a producer? And I'm curious, like, do you do you draw a distinction between those two titles, storyteller, not really, and producer? Um, so if you could just I explain mean, what that what you did and what that means, because what I want to get at is it informs what you do and why you're so good at what you do. Absolutely. Uh, yes, I feel like I do exactly what it now what I did in the TV world. So um, when I was working in television. And it was also kind of went into video brand marketing as well. I would work, it was documentary television. So I worked with real people in real circumstances and I'd have to sit down and interview them and ask questions and pull out what their story is. Mm -hmm. And I think we are so in our lives that we want to tell everything and anything especially when you're talking about your expertise or in the business world, we want to share all of our knowledge and information. And we, you know, in a way to impress people and and give our credibility, but really as a television producer, it was all about finding that one through line that ties everything together. That's going to make you memorable. That's going to make you stand out from everyone else. And that is your story. And I, that is what I have taken into mm-hmm. my work I do with people now. So really I was telling stories of people for television and now I tell stories of people to help them, you know, either progress their careers, get on stages, develop their thought leadership, write a book. So to me, it's really rewarding. It's really helping people. And it sounds very much what you do, Barbara, is helping people dig deep into who am I? What makes me unique? What makes me stand out? What makes me memorable? Yeah, it totally feeds my soul. I feel I'm I feel so blessed every day to have to be somebody who gets to wake up and actually say I love what I do. I um, and by the way, I loved all the TV and just how this has all evolved. But you know, to that point, I was really interested in your resume because your years at National Geographic. Because I don't think any the rank and file would necessarily stop to think about that. But that is a network that cares about expertise. Because I cast a number of projects for Natio, and it was like the expertise matters in a way that um, some other places it might not matter as much. Where you could pretend to be an adventurer, and it's like you can't pretend to be an adventurer at National Geographic. You got to you got to back up your whatever it is you're coming in with. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, they had a, they still have, it's shrunk some over the years. So it's changed (laughs) 
but they have a whole research department uh, vetting people, checking credibility, checking what they say and the, the information they say to make sure it's accurate. And yeah. that was my job as a producer and storyteller. Um, like I said, I think storyteller comes first. Our jo my job was to tell mm -hmm. a story and producing is a little bit more of the logistical, pulling it all together making sure that story comes together. Um, so I did a lot of developing the stories and pitching them as well as, um, and then producing as well. So I had an example once where I worked with someone who was taking a, a really important product to market and he was coming at it though as a, as a entrepreneurial engineer type person, like chemical engineer. And the reason I bring this up is so he, like to your point, like he was so super excited about his awesome product that really was awesome, but like, and very, very helpful. But I kept saying like, okay, I am totally your target audience. And all that chemistry that you're trying to talk to me about is sailing right over my head. Like, I just want to know that um, it works, it's easy, I can afford it, or it's value, like, you know, if it's whatever it costs, it's worth the price. So that's a really example of starting, like, whatever, meeting your audience where they are and, like, paring down your story to, like, you know, the details that matter. So I was just curious if you have any examples of, sort of broad, you don't have to name names, but anybody worked with where... Because uh, these examples are helpful for the audience to sort of see the difference between what you think is important and understanding the value you have in the marketplace. Oh, absolutely. Story. I think I think that and that applies to so many of us, you know, whether you're a technical engineer or scientist or whether you're a service based industry. Um, let's see one example. I've worked with a handful of, you know, leadership coaches, kind of like myself, um, an HR executive doing a lot of workplace, you know, um, coming in and making the workplace more human. And when you ask people what difference differentiates you, they're often, well, you know, I'm a really empathetic leader and I want to make the workplace more human. And nowadays, that kind of sounds like most other leadership. It's actually what we expect or... from the job. This is such a good example. Oh my God, we all suffer from that. So what do we right. do? How do? What are the right questions to ask? So for me, it's a lot of what's your why. I think that's mm -hmm. what's going to make you stand out. Well, I think it's two part. It could be your journey to where you are now. Um, like for example, myself, I it's very unique for... Uh, you know, communications and leadership coach to come from National Geographic television producing. But I think that that sets me up for success because I'm so fabulous at interacting with people and pulling out their stories and then being able to articulate that story. So, you know, that's a perfect example of somehow you can differentiate yourself with a journey. Um, but otherwise, a lot of times it's it's your why, you know, why why do you do what you do? And then when I ask clients that, they usually give me, well, I like helping people, you know, for example. And it's like, okay, well, why do you like helping people? So it's the why behind the why behind the why. And that I think is when we really get into why you do what you do. And if you can infuse that into your work, I think it really shows and shines. I want to circle back to what you said about, you know, we get back what we put out because one of the things I heard in there and I agree with you but it's sometimes like when we're we have attracting sort of like either I don't know it's so articulate but like icky clients right is the is, not dream clients the not dream <laughs> clients right whether that's either like just you know pain in the ass and difficult 
which definitely gets into like, we have to have a little conversation about boundaries and how do we project those. Um, To me, it all circles back to energy, but sometimes it's just like even wanting to attract nice people, which is again, Mm -hmm. like a really, really vague term. So how do you help people through that? I think a lot of it is helping them dig deep into their values, Mm -hmm. what makes them unique, kind of like what we were talking about and their why, and then helping them communicate it, articulate it. How are you, you know, introducing yourself at a networking event or on a Zoom call or with a potential client? Um, How are you talking on social media? And I think it really comes down to bringing up more of your authentic self. You know, so what does that mean? Because that's that. really, again, mm-hmm. like really broad. So like when you're telling yeah. somebody, like, what's a good example of how to, you know, uh, in your space to introduce yourself, you know, on the Zoom call or to really like in real life or virtually walk into that room? I think it's all about showing up with more personality and more perspective and purpose. I like to call it three P's. I love those three P's because this is where people get scared with the personality question. So what does that mean to you? Yeah. I think it's owning who you are, which is easier said than done granted without a doubt, but it's embracing, you know, if you're a little bit of a jokester and funny inject humor, but if you're more the introverted, quiet, serious type, then inject that and embrace it. That's your superpower. So I think a lot of it is re- reframing our perceived weaknesses can mm. actually be our strengths or our differentiating factors. But we get caught up in these narratives ourselves. Yeah. I call it the who, shoulds. Yeah. Gosh, we tell ourselves so many stories. I think a, a lot of it comes down to we ourselves are putting out stories that don't align with who we truly are. So we've inherited so many stories from the way we were raised, family and friends, our gender, you know, cultural, the corporate world and how we're, you know, quote unquote, supposed to show up professional. And I think a lot of times we're trying to be these people that we aren't necessarily truly are that doesn't align with who we truly are. And, um, hence, I think when we're putting those things out, especially when you're trying to act, you know, professionally and what does that mean to you to act professional? This comes up all the time. To me, I think it's people feel like they have to be in this box, this corporate box of acting and speaking, like speaking in the biz lingo, because if they're not, they're not going to be credible dressing a certain way. Um, you know, being assertive, or I think there's even personality traits go with that. But I think, I think our world, especially since the pandemic is completely uh, changing. And our world is so inundated with so much information now that you can't stand out or be remembered or be seen if you're playing in that box. Like Mm. times have a changed, you need to step out of the box and show up more authentic and with more personality and, and perspective and purpose. I couldn't agree more. And then there's also the issue. I work with a lot of people who aren't on brand for their own brand. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's really hard. And that's what I think shows. And I think kind of getting back to what you were saying earlier, I think that's when you attract the clients who just don't align with you 
don't resonate with you. They're harder to service. So what do you do then? How do you, how do you, how do you switch that up? First and foremost, pausing to figure out what is my purpose? What are my strengths? What is my unique value? To me, this is where a lot of usually accountability or validation from an outside coach, like your eye comes into play. And sometimes they people need that boost or validation to say, that's amazing. Yes. Say that, post that, introduce yourself that way. I coach a lot of people how to even just introduce themselves. Oh, <laughs> yes. Know, it's amazing. You, I, I've worked, done even trainings with, you know, C-suite VP level on down you say, introduce yourself and everyone just rolls their eyes and groans. It's universal. Universal. But I think we're all so much more than a name and a title in our company. And if we can add a little bit of personality or even just purpose and passion in there, it goes such a long way in being remembered and standing out. Just like you you introduced uh, me, I think even using a line I often use that I like to help people spread their ideas, their expertise, like wildfire, you know, just adding something a little creative, it piques people interest. It makes them want to hear, you know, tell me more. That's all you want people to do is say, tell me more. Oh yeah. I love that. And I was going to ask you, it's like, you know, were you always a storyteller as a kid? Because what you actually did with that beautiful line is you're just creating a word picture and word pictures are so impactful. They are. That's a beautiful way of looking at it. Yeah. I think it was a combination of very creative and very much a people person and curious. So Mm -hmm. I, I would even go as far as, you know, I wasn't born a storyteller. I was super curious, loved interacting with people. Um, You know, even when I was in high school and college, I, I wouldn't be caught dead behind a desk. I wanted to be out and about near people. So I waitressed. So you can, I think we can all go back and look at all of the roles we've held and the things we loved about them and kind of start to pull out, you know, what our purpose or our strengths are. And I loved being curious, loved learning, loved people. So I ask questions, I get curious about them. And I think over the years, I learned how to be a great storyteller from that. And then I want to ask too about the media component that we both share and how much this informs the work that we do because everything is media now. I mean, it has been for a really long time, but now people really, really get it, which is, is what I meant is, is the evolution of corporate communication, the evolution of communication in general has, it is so much informed actually by the media landscape. And how, and I'm just curious in your space, because you work much more in a corporate space than I do. I work with all like the startups and the renegades and the mavericks, um, who, <laughs> which I love. Like that's And I'm about 50-50. People... Right. And so, so in the I corporate work half, space, it's like yeah. dragging people into media. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a much, I, I find in my experience with a lot of um, more corporate clients is the hesitance, right? Because of the notion of professionalism. And and also sometimes it gets into like deeply into compliance issues and all sorts of things. Oh, but absolutely. Um, but what I'm getting at and, is like how this informs what you do and like the safety net and being that sounding board that everybody needs. Yeah. I, in the corporate world, there definitely is more hesitancy because they're afraid they're going to say something that someone along the leadership chain will not like. Or the Wall Street Journal. 
yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, I think most of the industries and companies I attract are pretty progressive though. So it's the tech industry, it's the media industry, mm -hmm. um, some of the travel industry. I think that translates well because of my National Geographic experience. So, so how's that evolving is kind of where I really want to go with this and where is it headed? Oh, it's definitely, I love it. I think it's definitely evolving. They definitely are seeing a leader, uh, executive, even within a company needs to be out there putting out thought leadership to help the bottom line of the business, not just their own careers, but the entire company. And, um, McKinsey did a great study on thought leadership last year. I'll probably quote it wrong, but the statistics are amazing. It's something like um, if a leader puts out content versus the company itself, you know, say on LinkedIn, it gets something like 560% more engagement than the post from the company. Companies are more, and like I said, quote, Check so this my, is my really great. Statistics. Please keep going with this because oh, this is really powerful. Just even what does thought leadership mean to you? But yeah. Keep going. Oh yeah. No, people putting out their expertise, their thought leadership um, on social media, on stages, you know, writing a book. You, I truly believe you got to lean into what you enjoy doing uh, to do it well. But all of the statistics, this McKinsey study was great. Consumers as well as B2B, people who sell B2B, the buyers trust uh, the person who's out there putting out thought leadership more. They buy from them more. Um, and again, I'll botch the statistics if I quote it. I think it's something like 200 and some percent. They they usually progress in their careers like 200% more than those not putting out thought leadership. I think our world is just really changing to a world where... Uh, we have so much information. We don't know who to trust. I think there's kind of a little bit of a trust crisis. Those showing up and really showing up authentically, showing up with their genuine perspective. When you show up with personality, you feel like you actually connect with the person. You know, we connect to humans, not a product or service. That's right. And I think that is what is progressing, you know, whether it be small businesses and entrepreneurs, whether it be tech startups or big corporations. I just love what yes, you just said I, because to some, because what I just heard and to sum up is it's no matter who you are and what your business is, but start small with a you know, small business and like, how do I differentiate in a crowded marketplace? Um, or even amongst that group of HR professionals who all are coming from that same place where it's like, I want to make the workplace a more humane environment and I'm empathetic. It is the one thing you can do today is start uh, sharing your thought leadership. Mm -hmm. on, on really relevant comes... platforms. And um, we'll all go look up the data, but apparently that's, uh, you know, a rocket fuel to your point in terms of stretching the wildfire metaphor yep. that um, that's one thing that anybody can do today to start standing out. I love that. And I think, you know, for some people, it's just even showing up in meetings and articulating more of what they believe what trajectory they think should, you know, uh, their client or the company should go. 
who do you think is doing it really well? Because this is a really good point. And we've all worked in places where it's like, wow, if if our leader had had our, had shared and just actually spoken to us directly as the troops, right? And get, you know, and understanding what the real role of a leadership and a CEO. Um, but who do you think does their thought leadership really well? Oh, uh, the head founder of Cotopaxi. It's a smaller outdoor brand, uh, clothing brand, but they have taken off like wildfire. <laughs> Speaking there of wildfire, their owner, I think his name is David Smith, who actually just stepped down um, or is taking a leave from the role of CEO. Just go on LinkedIn and read some of his stuff. It is from the heart. It's authentic. And he, I think that's why he's done so well, so fast. Oh, that's a great example. Vulnerable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the one that just pops to my head. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people who are doing it wonderfully, but that's um, kind of in the, the circles and kind of some of the industries I, uh, I work in. That's nice, but that sounds really accessible in the sense of, 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 and where that person is. Cause I actually have, this is an example I love. I actually have a quote from Sarah Blakely, like hanging above my desk that actually, yeah, I mean, but amazing, but here's the thing is like, it came inside my Spanx. Like it, it's, it's actually printed on the cardboard that was supposed to keep the shape of the Spanx. Yep. And I was like, just even the thoughtfulness around that, like, yeah, right. And it didn't end up in a re- trash or the recycling bin. It ended up on my wall and it'll be there forever saying to me, failure is not trying rather than not succeeding. XO Sarah, talk about putting your thought leadership wherever you can. Exactly. That's, that's sharing your values even. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the other part of it. Maybe we haven't talked, you know, sharing your values. You don't have to you know, become an advocate for some social justice cause, but, you know, sharing that you really believe in empathy or sharing that spark of inspiration, you know, that Sarah Blakely, you know, puts out there. Yeah. You have to stand for something because otherwise you stand for nothing. Right. Exactly. Oh, that's a great way of saying it. Who would you love to work with that you've never worked with? Do you have a wish list? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Uh, I do actually, it's funny. You say that I just wrote it up um, last week or I just modified it last week. Uh, Patagonia would be amazing to work with. I, I really do love your outdoor space. I do. I love the travel hospitality outdoor um, and also tech tech startups. Cause I think it's just the people who are thinking outside the box who are progressive, who want to be a bit daring, but might not know exactly how to go about it, or they're so busy, they don't know how how to take the time or space to think about how to show up. And not everybody understands, it goes back to what you said earlier, that um, how important it is to have a sounding board and an accountability partner in in this. I use it all the time because I work with a lot of athletes and, you know, it's like nobody wakes up and says, I'm the best, I don't need a coach. Every great right. athlete has a coach. Um, How do you do that? I think it takes practice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it definitely comes easier for me. But you know, I one of my one of my most uh, I wouldn't quite say viral, but it, viral for me. You know, thousands of on LinkedIn com- or engagement. Uh, it was a conversation with my daughter. And it was, she had asked me, you know, well, you know, what do you want to, where do you want your business to go someday? And I mentioned to her, well, I love what I do. Like, 
maybe I'll grow it some, but I love what I do. She's like, yeah, but like, do you want to help other people or to make a long story short? I said, well, someday I would love to, you know, have, whether it be a nonprofit arm or a part of my, or whether I, I do an NGO board on how elevating women, women's voices in like developing nations. And then she immediately is like, why aren't you doing it? And I was like, well, she's like, well, what, how do you want to do it? And I was like, what country would you start with first? And I was like, well, it's not that easy. So anyways, I posted that on LinkedIn. And at the, at, at the top of it, I said, everyone should have a 12 year old business coach at the t- that time she was 12. She's this blowing my mind. It's like, I'm trying to figure out and when then, I can have your 12 year old business coach on the, on the podcast. <laughs> this is such a, oh, what a beautiful story. So, and at the end, it was all about, this is why everybody should have a 12 year old business coach. Someone who's to remind us of that fearless, you know, endless possibility. And that's uh, what my audience, you know, that's just a little takeaway for my audience. So I think- if you really, first and foremost, it's really getting to know your audience, your your potential clients. What do they need to be inspired by? What do they need to be educated by? What would entertain them? And then every time you have something that inspires you or intrigues you, okay, how can I turn this around and make it a takeaway for what my audience needs to hear? Mm. That's so great. I have to leave it there, but this is wonderful. Thank you so much, Laura, for making time. Oh, I'm so glad to you. meet you and I'm so grateful for LinkedIn. Thank you, thank you for having me. Oh, and my what pleasure. You're doing in your podcast. Oh, thank you. Well, I want to thank you for listening to Camera Ready and Able. If you're interested in media coaching for you or your team, please shoot me a note via my website. And please be sure to download my free ebook, 12 Tips for Success on Camera, all available at ableintermedia.com. And as always, please be sure to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already.